رمضان نايتس on Al-Bayan Radio الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم السلام عليكم dear brothers and sisters welcome to Ramadan Nights on this 26th night of Ramadan I'm your host Abu Abdurrahman and I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear brother Sheikh Nasim live with us online live from Masjid Al-Salam in Gurad, Wollongong performing Ihtikaf I guess Yes, Alhamdulillah, currently in the office. I apologize if there's any background noise. Alhamdulillah, we've got Sheikh Khalid Muhammad tonight giving a lesson in the Musalla. So I hope it's nice and clean, inshallah. Yes, we can hear the Sheikh in the background, Barakallah Fee. So it's good to hear him going. We can have two lessons at once. What do you think? Alhamdulillah, I'm, uh, I'm just worried about the people that are sitting here and for some reason now on Facebook when they should be paying attention to the lesson. And they see me here and him inside. And then they're going to be questioning, how is this program live? Because they're going to be thinking I'm inside. So either way, Alhamdulillah, they're paying maybe attention something, time, inshallah. Maybe next time we'll get him involved as well, live from inside the masjid as well, three at once. Inshallah ta'ala. I'm hoping if he finishes early, which I doubt he will, look, I apologize in advance for all the work. And then I come, Hamza, come. I apologize in advance for all the knocks I get because even when you're in the office and you've got a big do not disturb sign, you get um, good old Hamza come around. You can say hello to the camera and to the world of Facebook. Say assalamu alaikum. This is uh, uh, Hamza is my coffee man. Uh, Hamza, they, you can't hear him properly, but you can just listen to my question. What does it say in big red and then black writing on the on the door? Do not disturb. Please do not disturb. Oh yeah. But anyways, um, you're on camera so now. Everyone so obviously the time is not working. Yeah, the sign's not working. It's uh, it did for the people that don't know me, the ones that do know me. Just yeah, he's he's fine. He's not doing anything. Uh, the like coffee looks good. The, the coffee looks like it's working because you look like you know fresh as Allah Mubarak. I hope so. Uh, Alhamdulillah, last night was no sleep. It was one of those nights, it, like in a good way. I just looked at my time and it was two o'clock already. So I go, okay, three one hour until wake up time. So there's not much point. And this is maybe the uh, calm before the storm. Maybe in about an yes. hour I'm going to be sleeping. Allah May Allah accept your good deeds and uh, allow us Amen. to uh, catch the night of Qadr. Uh, you know, tonight is the 26th. We have the 27th tomorrow. And as we know, those those who you know who make the most of the opportunity, they finish Ramadan uh, like a racehorse racing to the finish line uh, as fast as they can with as much good deeds, uh, with sincerity. Uh, so we ask Allah to accept our good deeds. Now, Sheikh Nasim, the topic you have for today, can you let us know what it is? The conscious believer. The conscious believer is uh, just something which, subhanAllah, you know, when we're thinking of the topic, it's just something that's been playing in my mind for the past few days, especially. Um, we always talk about this in an indirect way, but uh, I thought maybe we'll mention it as an actual topic, uh, simply because of some of the things that, some people are falling into from mistakes which just shouldn't happen it just it's as simple as that and one of the reasons uh, i personally like to liken it to and i've heard many of the du'at you know also mention it the same is just a person walking in a state of neglect uh carelessness maybe even a better term it's like okay here we go bismillah Okay, you're currently in the middle of an interview. 
Okay, just a clock. So there's a second uh, interruption. Uh, maybe, I have to maybe. Open. If I lock, if I block the door, I guarantee you someone's going to stand there knocking for about five minutes because they can see me with the light on. The only get out clause I have, and it still didn't work once, is I turn the light off. And even when I turn the light off, believe it or not, like you would expect, okay, this guy's either sleeping or in some deep Ibadah, and I still am ready to get uh, some good uh, wake-up mocks. So my apologies. It, it might happen a few more times. Again, my apologies. Uh, but yeah, very nice boys. I mean, back, back to the conscious believer. So, uh, you know, there are certain mistakes that have happened that just simply shouldn't happen. And maybe uh, my favorite um, parable to give to is like a person who is uh, like intentionally sleepwalking, which is an oxymoron. It doesn't happen. It's, it's opposite. You can't intentionally sleepwalk. You're sleepwalking because you don't know what you're doing. But when you're intentionally sleepwalking or you're aware that you're sleepwalking, that's maybe like the worst state that a person could be in because it's not meant to happen. And unfortunately, I find many of us when it comes to our Iman and our Islam, uh, our belief in Allah and our implementation of the religion, this is how we take our lives, unfortunately, where we know what we're meant to be doing, we know what we're not meant to be doing, mm -hmm. but we just go about our day, go about our life without actually thinking of the ram possible ramifications of our actions unfortunately and so we thought you know what let's get uh, an actual topic on this and speak about it inshallah okay where do we start with this topic we start with understanding what is the believer allah wants from us, us to be and that is a conscious believer allah wants us to be aware allah wants us to think about what we're doing why we're created even if we go back a step from being a believer and just say a person's fitrah, a person's natural dispositions, a person's tabi'ah, a person's his nature. Allah has been created inquisitive. You know, from a, a young age where we learn by exploring, by feeling, touching, experiencing, etc. So, uh, you know, we know that's hot because we've touched it before. We know we burnt ourselves. We don't, don't get near it again. And anything else that is hot, we also are careful of. Uh, when it comes to walking, you know, we take a few steps, we fall down, we learn what went wrong we start to walk uh you know from when you're young in terms of language you hear uh you see a context you start to be able to speak the language uh so everything is about understanding and thinking and learning and that continues a strange phenomena happens unfortunately with many adults is when they get to adulthood where really they're meant to you know shoot even further up in terms of learning and being aware and being conscious of their surroundings and how they should be they sort of plateau in what uh, they're meant to be doing in life and sometimes even regress. And this is a, a, a big issue. You know, why is that happening? Because there isn't that conscious effort to improve, conscious effort to be better, conscious effort for us to uh, fix ourselves. And if you now go to a believer, not only is it your nature to continue to learn, my apologies, the head, if I can fall now, and not only is it your conscious effort to continue to get better and to learn your nature, to continue to get better and to learn and to be inquisitive and experience, etc. But then now as a believer, you have an added responsibility. And that's that your actions are held accountable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Your actions are held accountable. So not only do I now as a person need to be living the best possible life I can, but on top of that, now my actions are going to be judged. And when anyone is being judged for anything, you find that the effort that they put in, the perfection that they have is meant to be a level above. 
you know, you're in a competition and gymnastics for whatever reason. Gymnastics, you know, you've got your judges and they're going to score you. When you go through your routine, you try and perfect it to the best of your ability for what reason? So you can get the highest score. This is logical. This is you being conscious of what you're doing. No one enters a competition knowing that if I do this wrong, I'm going to get a low scorecard and I want to succeed. And they do purposely that which makes them get a low score. It doesn't happen. So where do we start as believers? Understanding that there is a goal. Understanding that there is an ending. Understanding that there is a judgment that's going to come. And so my starting point is, where do I want to be regarding that judgment? That's my starting point. Do I want to be a person who succeeds? Do I want to be a person that gets those high levels? Do I want to be a person who is uh, in the paradise? Do I want to be a person that stays away from the hellfire? If so, then it means there needs to be actions that get me to that stage. And from the mercy of Allah Azza wa Jal, is that he has given us what those actions are and told us what he wants from us in order for that role to inshallah Azza wa Jal, be very nice, easy and smooth for us. So this is the starting point. I am being judged. What do I want my scorecard to look like? And then from there, inshallah Azza wa Jal, you're going to begin your process of being conscious about ensuring you do what is possible in, in your ability to get to that stage, inshallah. You mentioned actions there that we need to be doing. Where should we start with actions? What's the first action that we should do? Always, it's, it starts off with our belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Always, it starts off with your belief in Allah azza wa jal. Just like we spoke about uh, previously, you know, with the intestinal fortitude, everything revolves around your belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what the messages were sent for. And Abdullah, which sent you to worship Allah azza wa jal and, and stay away from that which is associated with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's our role. That's the role that we were created for. Uh, I didn't create the jinn or the int except that they accept to worship me. And this is where we start always. The worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When you are conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and your purpose of creation, now you start to say, what does Allah want from me in order for me to be able to fulfill? But it all starts with that belief in Allah azza wa jal. And anyone who tries to skip these levels, skip this level of what's, what's my purpose in life or understanding that there's a judgment and where do I want to be in that judgment and skips the uh, uh, setting up a good foundation in belief in Allah Azza wa Jal and tries to just get results and you're going to fail. Why? Because you've gone against the methodology that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala placed. You know, if you look at the da'wah of the prophets when they were sent to their people, what, what did they all begin with? Let's just take our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who is the best of examples. And whom Allah Azza says that in him is Uswa Hasana, a great uh, example for us. When he was sent to his people, a lot of his da'wah and the early uh, Meccan Quran was about, you know, the resurrection, your ending, death, paradise, hellfire. It was about that. So that people can start to think, okay, what am I here for? What am I created for? And then they were encouraged with paradise and warned with the hellfire for what reason? For them to, these are from the benefits, not the specifics, from the benefits, for them to decide which of the two and where do I want to be? When that was solid, when that was you know, uh, in, you know, inscribed in their hearts, then after that came the actions. You know, the prayer, the hijab, the sadaqah, the zakat, the jihad, the patience, the fasting, the, uh, you know, um, the, uh, assisting the, the those that are in need, especially your 
those in, in kinship, etc. The actions all came after. The first thing was that consciousness. The second thing, that where do you want to be? Now, you can, if you fix that, inshallah, azza wa jal, everything else becomes smoother. But if you were to ask these people who are in this state of you know, carelessness, neglect, you know, sleepwalking almost, uh, consciously sleepwalking, if you were to ask them, you you love Allah, you believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yes, without doubt. Do you go about your day asking, what does Allah want from me? Do you go about your day asking yourself, what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala want from me? The majority are going to tell you, of, of obviously not. So they the, the, the initial steps aren't there. So let's let's start with that. Okay? Let's start with that. And the Prophet ﷺ, he alluded to this consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and asking yourself, what does Allah Azza wa want from me, you know, throughout my day, throughout my life? Uh, when uh, you when you were told about the famous hadith of Jibreel alayhi salam, when Jibreel alayhi salam came in the form of a man and asked the Prophet ﷺ, what is Islam? The first thing he started off with, and tashhadu an la ilaha illallah, to testify that there's no deity worthy of worship except Allah. And then Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is and then the other pillars of Islam. Then he told him, okay, Imam, what is Iman? He starts off with, and tu'mina billah. The first thing is to believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's belief in Allah first, the higher level, continues to believe in Allah azza wa jal. Hey, the pinnacle, the pinnacle of a person's faith, akhbina anil ihsan, tu'mina ihsan, ihsan is perfection. Perfection. You can't perfect anything unless you're conscious. You're making a conscious effort to perfect your actions. What is ihsan? How do I achieve this perfection? The Prophet sallallahu a very eloquent definition where he said alayhi salatu wasalam an ta'bud Allah ka'annaka tarah fa'inna takun tarah fa'innahu yarak to worship Allah and if you see him and if you don't see him then know that he sees you imagine the consciousness a person has if he was to worship Allah as if he sees Allah azza wa jal and if you come to that get to the level then at least know that Allah azza wa sees you let's just break that down very, 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 very slightly, inshallah. To Allah belongs the greatest of parables. We give examples just to bring the idea closer. A person's at work and the boss tells him, do a specific job. Stack these shelves properly. And the boss stands right there. Now, you respect this boss. You know, you know this boss uh, could fire you. You don't want to, you know, uh, get on the bad side of your boss. How is your stacking done? You try and be as perfect as possible. Why? Because you're conscious that your boss is there and the reward and the punishment, etc., from your boss. Now, when you do that, you're conscious, you've done it properly, beautiful. Let's say you couldn't get to that level where your boss is not standing there, but you know that there's cameras watching you. So if you do it wrong, who's held accountable? You. At bare minimum, the cameras are there. Also, you're not going to be that high, have that high level as if your boss is right in front of you. Because that physical presence is much is a much higher level than you know consciously being aware of uh, something and acting accordingly. Uh, and nevertheless, the fact that you know a camera is watching you, you also know that there's reward and there's punishment and there's you know uh, a pat on the back or a possible uh, please walk into my office that is thereafter. So you, because the camera is there, you're more conscious of your efforts and you try again to put the shelf. Packed, you pack the shelf properly. Now, bring that to your Iman, bring that to your Islam. 
how are we or how would we be my apologies how would we be if we were to imagine that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is right in front of us and this is throughout your day this is not about uh once in Ramadan it's not about when you're in the masjid it's not about when you're in front of your parents or in front of the sheikh no this is your entire day from the time that you wake up all the way and including the time that you sleep if you were to imagine Allah is watching you right there physically present in front of you how would you be the reality is we would be much different to how we are now that's the sad reality but how do we work to that stage again through this consciousness inshallah azawajal, this strength of consciousness that we build so that we can work our way up to ahsan work our way up to perfection inshallah azawajal. if we take uh, some simple examples about our speech okay when you're talking with your friends imagine Allah was watching imagine Allah was there would you swear would you backbite would you curse would you speak without knowledge would you swear by other than Allah you wouldn't why because you know it's wrong you would use good words pure words you would mention the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala you would encourage the good forbid the evil you would be doing those things our free time there's halal relaxation which Allah has allowed it's not a problem but then there are things which are haram how would we be in those times when we're dealing with our parents for example your dad says to you uh habibi take out the rubbish please if allah Azza wa was there how would you respond would you say like come on man seriously go take it yourself i'll do everything go to my brother you're not going to do that if allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is there and you know allah Azza wa obliged you to be obedient to your parents then what are you going to do you're going to get up and you're going to take out the rubbish no problem brother uh, no no problem abi you take the rubbish and you put it in the bin why because you know Allah is there and you would stay away from that which angers allah Azza like the bad deeds of the parents etc any simple things in work in business you know in trade how would you do the job all of it comes through this consciousness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because as human beings as part of our nature we need something bigger than our bigger than us to be you know better virgins of ourselves that's what we need we need something bigger than us more important than us if it's up to us in our comfort we're just always going to choose the easy option so what is that something that's bigger than us and better than us it's our it's our belief in allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and our consciousness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and through that consciousness we're able to achieve those high levels inshallah azza wa jalla now um you know and this is the month really of being conscious of allah being aware of allah having fear of allah having the awareness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he's always watching you always seeing you and therefore doing the best actions that are pleasing to Allah and keeping away from all the prohibitions. So this is a methodology, not only in Ramadan, for the whole Muslim's life. And this is uh, when, you know, you talk about the month of Ramadan, everyone knows the ending of the verse, everyone knows that. And everyone has heard so many times one of the definitions that some of the companions of the Anum gave about the month of Ramadan, or about taqwa, my apologies, that taqwa is... Uh, or he gave the, the example of have you ever walked in a, in a path where there was a lot of thorns? And he said, yes. He said, how were you in it? And he said, I would gather my thawb, and I would get my clothes to make sure that it doesn't get stuck on any of the thorns. He goes, that's taqwa. That's taqwa. That you walk on a path and you make sure you don't do anything that will make you uh, uh, get the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or that which leads you to the punishment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That consciousness of Allah, part of taqwa is being conscious of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if we 
look at you know so many acts of worship from the sunnah of the prophet or so many advices of the prophet you find so many of it is alluding to the conscious believer now we know that the prophet Prophet you love to in the good matters uh, start with that with that which is on the right okay or start with the right so if it would enter a better place like entering the or it's from the sunnah and that which is recommended if something uh is more honorable like entering a place which is more honorable you enter with your right foot and you leave with your left foot so you enter the masjid with your right foot you enter into your house with your right foot you enter the bathroom with your left foot something as simple as that something as simple as focusing on the little things okay obviously we need to start with the big things but we're talking about building this consciousness and, and reaching that peak inshallah if you are a person that is thinking and questioning which foot do i walk in with how is your awareness religious awareness islamic awareness going to be regarding your actions and your life and how is your conscious of allah Azza going to be to the extent where you are actually building yourself in a manner that you are getting closer to allah throughout your entire day you're not a person who's careless if i have to think which foot do i enter with my right foot or my left foot here something as simple as that you are thinking about allah what about the bigger things what about you know what i better make sure i pray on time you know what i should lower my gaze you know what allah is watching me and i did commit that sin let me repent right now before i pass away you know what these are bad friends maybe i need to make better decisions you know what that job is not conducive to my islam i'm going to move away from it you're you're conscious you're a conscious believer you're thinking you are actually thinking and this is you know from the, the important uh, things of knowledge where you start to learn how to be a believer and you're asking yourself okay what is the right way to do this like eating i don't know why i don't know what's going on but we've got like a, a pandemic of people eating with their left hand it is so sad to see how many people are eating with their left hand and it goes back to not being conscious of their actions not being conscious of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam taught us say bismillah and eat with your right hand there's a consciousness there the amount that you eat you know a maximum of a third a third a third a third for food a third for drink and leave a third for air there's a consciousness there even when you're you know with your spouse yeah there's a dua to say and there's certain actions that are allowed or not allowed there's a consciousness even when you're fulfilling your desires when you're asleep there's certain afkar to say you're always mentioning allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and you always want to do something that is pleasing to allah azza wa jal no matter what state you're in no matter where you are no matter how you are there's that consciousness of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and if a person is able to maintain that then automatically you're a different person automatically you're a different person but again going back to you know the core issues in the, the first two that we spoke about a person's not asking himself or not any putting on himself and having these high aspirations how do i get better how do i improve what how do i continue to learn how do i continue to experience and number two is not asking himself or not reminding himself there's paradise there's hellfire there's a judgment where do i want to be my actions where are they going to take me that's not existent unfortunately and because of that we have a lack of everything that comes after 
and that's a, that's the sad reality that many of us are living in. So we need to fix obviously those first two, and then move on to inshallah azza wa jal the implementation or the implications of that uh, wanting to get high marks, which is righteous actions. You learn and you implement, and there's something throughout your entire day, and through that you build that consciousness of Allah subhanahu wa taala. What I found, Sheikh Nasim, barakallahu feek, in my experience here is that um, when we understand that Islam is a way of life and not a Friday thing or a Sunday thing or a seasonal thing or an occasional thing, then our, our perspective on things changes, that it is a complete way of life. And you mentioned many actions that Islam actually has do's and don'ts. And really, it is honor for us, you know. It is an honor for us to be slaves and servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And it's an honor for us that Allah is our Lord who has legislated for us to do this and do that because He knows what's best for us because He's our Lord. He created us and He gave us the perfect way of life. You see that, see that word that you mentioned? Islam is a way of life. That means there's consciousness there. 100%. There's consciousness there. And that consciousness, it makes your life easier because you don't have to figure it out yourself. It's already given to you there on a golden platter. Um, some of the, some of the mist, you know, things which, if you don't mind, some of the big major things that sort of prompted uh, me to want to speak about this particular topic, uh, some of the you know, major mistakes that I've seen happen in the past a few days especially. Uh, one, I'll get to the TikTok one if that's what your smirk is. <laughs> TikToker. <laughs> we'll get there, inshallah. Uh, well, one of the major ones was, you know, us not learning from our mistakes. Okay? Uh, the Prophet, وسلم, this is one of my favorite hadith. He said, وسلم, that the believer is not stung from the same hole twice. This is one of my favorite hadith. Because, again, it's a way of life and it shows you, a Muslim, need to be conscious. You, a Muslim, need to be aware. You, a Muslim, need to be better. You, a Muslim, need to be building. Yes, you're going to fall into mistakes. You're a human being. You are a human being. You're going to fall into mistakes. But what did you learn from those mistakes? Did you get better? Did you improve? Did you assess? Did you, you know, redesign, reprogram? Did you put a, a, you know, change your course of action? Did you fix the environment? What led to you falling into a mistake? And how did you rectify that? You know, a lot of brothers and sisters, when they sin, they'll tell you, I hate the fact that I sinned. I hate the fact that I fell into the haram. I feel guilty. I feel ugly. I'm not happy. I'm ashamed of the act action I committed. I love Allah. So we say, This is an excellent feeling. It's an excellent emotion to have. But the problem with feelings and emotions is that they don't mean much unless there's action behind them. Now, I could tell you, Ya Aba Abdurrahman, Wallah, I respect you. Wallah, I love you for the sake of Allah Azza wa Jal. And you say, But... <laughs> You know, I step on your, I step on your carpet with my dirty shoes. Well, where's your love and respect? I never give to you anything. Where's your love and respect? I don't answer your phone calls. I don't reply back to your messages. I don't give you salam. Where's your love and respect? You know, I, I harm you. I talk about you. Well, hold on a second. You love me and you respect me. That's your emotion, Berakulafik. But there needs to be some action that proves that that love and that respect. Now, okay, we're guilty, and it's true. We feel guilty. We do feel ashamed because that's our ruh. Our ruh knows that, you know, a nafs al-lawama. The nafs knows that if you've done bad, that you shouldn't have done that bad. It's blaming you. Why do you do that for? But the, the question is, what action do we have 
that is going to uh, ensure that we learn from that and try our best to not fall into it again. Because when you sin, it's guaranteed you're going to fall into that sin again, generally speaking, unless you make the necessary changes. I fell into this haram because of this reason. How do I avoid this? How do I get rid of this? If I'm too focused on here, you know, the haram itself, guess what happens? I lose focus on what got me there. So I may not want to fall into that sin. So I'm, I'm over here. I may not want to fall into that sin, but my path led me all the way to the door of that sin. So it became very easy to fall into. So how do you fix that? The sin's over here. I learn what got me here so I can rectify this. And if so many people were to only rectify their mistakes for what got them to the sin in the first place, then I guarantee that sin, maybe another sin, but that sin, the chances of you committing it will be, if not, uh, if not gone altogether, you know, minimal. And this is something that, you know, over the past few days, unfortunately, you just see the same mistakes committed by the same people, unfortunately. And this is how they, this is how you should get rid of it, inshallah. That was one of them. And as we know, you mentioned there, and it's, it's more to do with usul, that, that which, you know, leads to haram, it's haram, becomes haram for you. So if something's constantly leading you to a haram action, you know, and even if it's an aslan, even if it's, you know, originally itself or mubah, um, if it's always taking you to haram, then that thing which is leading you there takes the ruling of being haram. So we must be careful when dealing with these things. 100%. 100%. That which is, you know, that which leads to good is generally speaking good. And that which leads to bad is is going to be bad. So 100% those changes are necessary in your life in order for you not to fall into that. Even if the asal is that it's halal. Naam. Now, Sheikh Nassim, yeah, you mentioned the not, not, not to get bitten from the same hole twice. And you mentioned the hadith. Uh, the second one is? TikTok. <laughs> TikTok. Get off it. Yeah, yeah, that's the solution. That's that's a good khalas. Enough said. If you're not uh, going to use it for good, which is not easy. This is obviously, yeah, this is obviously uh, any part of, when we say TikTok, we're not just talking about TikTok itself, but anything along the lines of TikTok. Um, it's, this is linked to what we said before, but it's also part of a bigger problem of exposing yourself to fitna. Whether it is shubuhat or shahawat. Shubuhat, doubt, misconceptions, or shahawat. You know things which uh, bring about your desires you know for the guys you know inappropriately dressed women etc and for the girls uh, the men uh, and even girls any cause homosexuality is permitted today so you know people finding oh you know she's attractive he's attractive and they're they're acting upon unfortunately because it's become normal today even if the person's not a homosexual but they've just uh, accepted the homosexual acts even if they're you know heterosexual so these are things that we need to be careful of and watch out for but the, the main one that I wanted to mention was the shubuhat side, okay? The doubts, the misconceptions, whether you're listening to a person from in the people of innovation or the person is listening to a non-Muslim who brings about doubts, whatever it may be. The amount of times uh, I've been sent videos or someone's asked me on behalf of someone else about, oh, I fell into this mistake or this person spoke about this or this person thought about this, and they fell into these major issues. You be a conscious believer. I'm not going to mention the, I'm not going to get deep into the issue of, you know, how to avoid or how to refute these people or the solution to that. But when you have a problem in your deen, who do you go to? 
I don't understand. Wallah, it, it, yani, it defies all logic. Why do we go to people who should not be gone to when it comes to anything to do with religion? And or why do we fall into the mistakes that we're told don't fall into? Yani, let's start with the second one. When you know, let a parent tells their child, "My son, don't hang out with these friends because they are bad for you." What would you tell? What would you advise the, the child? Say, I mean, listen to your father. Fadal. Ahlan wa sahlan. Jazakallah khairan. I'm still in the interview, just so you know. Sorry? I'm still in the interview. Salaam alaikum. Salaam alaikum. On Facebook again. Facebook again? Mubarak. You'll love the Wulongong, brothers, don't you? Do they have reading problems with Wulongong? Is it an issue with reading signs? Yeah, Wollongong University has all of a very so many uh so many students yes. from Wollongong. But uh yeah, sometimes so, so ignorance is not the excuse here. Yeah. A consciousness, it's a consciousness. So, uh, no, so so when you when a person um when a person a father tells his child or parents tells the children, don't fall into my son, don't hang out with these people, so they don't fall into problems later on. You as a mature person would say, listen to your parents because they've been there, done that, they know. Why do we unfortunately fail to recognize when the ulama told us, stay away from ideas which are contrary to Islam? Why do we insist on falling into it? Why do certain people insist, no, I want to go and I want to look at these ideas? Why? The ulama told you, stay away from it. Why are the ulama telling you to stay away from it? They're ulama, they're the ones most qualified to do these issues. And they're the ones, when you fall into the problem, you go back to for them for their solution. They're telling you what to do. They're telling you what to do. Go and listen to them. If you want to succeed, that consciousness, be conscious, be aware, be smart. Prophet said that a mu'min, fatinun kayyis. The believer is smart, is intellectual. Take advice. Take advice of people that give you that advice. If you're not qualified, stay away from it. People, they insist on falling into it. And then they have major issues in their religion and they're scared and they're worried and they're petrified. And why? Because you expose yourself. Now, when the solution comes, oh, well, that was easy. Okay, Allah, it was, you're right. It was very easy, the solution. But you almost left Islam because of one doubt that you heard of TikTok or somewhere else. Why do you fall into that when you were told, stay away in the first place? We have this you know, ignorance and arrogance about us where we just you know, like to think that, no, I can handle it, I'm uh, qualified, uh, you know, I want to critically think. Whatever the excuse is, we're lying to ourselves and we're affecting our deen. My uh, father, Hafidullah, he went to a specialist uh, recently and the specialist told him, 75% uh, of my clients come back and the 25% don't come back. Which one do you want to be? And he said, I want to be from the 75%. He goes, okay, good. Then what you didn't do is listen to me. Because the 25%, they don't listen to me, and they end up buying, and so they don't come back. <laughs> and so, so my dad was, uh, my dad took the advice very seriously, but it was, it was a conscious decision. It was a conscious decision. It was, you know, a good tactic by the specialist, 
but it was a conscious decision. Okay, you, you now have a choice. Do you want to be a person who, inshallah, is healthy? Or do you want to, yani you're, you're healthy now, Allah Mubarak, but there's, you're borderlining on you know, certain issues. So if you want to continue that path, well, there's a good chance you're, you're going to um, have issues in a few years. But if you, inshallah, follow my advice, that health, inshallah, Azza wa Jal will continue. So which one do you want to do? And my father made a very conscious decision, Allah Mubarak, because he cleaned out his pantry from anything that was even close to being sweet, even if it was healthy, okay? Until we sent him to a dietitian and he calmed down a little bit, inshallah. But nevertheless, okay, <laughs> nevertheless, a person needs to make that conscious decision. What are you wanting to achieve with your deen, with your iman? If you want to achieve, achieve Jannah, then who did Allah tell you to take your advice off? Who did Allah tell you to go to? Who did Allah tell you to listen to? Who did the Prophet leave behind for you to take from? The ulama or people on TikTok? We need to be conscious. We need to be aware. We need to think. And unfortunately, that's not what we're not doing. We think that we're thinking. We think that we're exploring. We think we're critically analyzing. But Wallahi Azza wa we're doing nothing but harming ourselves. So dear brothers, dear sisters, don't fall into these issues. Be a conscious Muslim. Be an aware Muslim. Understand where you go and where you don't go. There's, you know, words that I want to use, but yani, I don't want to use, I don't offend anyone. Consciousness is, and being aware and analyzing is not going to places you're not meant to go. You know, if you've got a construction site, for example, and it says, you know, hazardous or extreme radiation, don't enter. You don't say, you know what, I'm a very smart person. I want to go see what's in there. They told me not to go. I want to go and figure it out. You entering a place where you're not meant to enter because of, you know, some physical harm, radiation or whatever it may be, is much easier and much less problematic than you entering areas in ideas and beliefs and actions that the ulama told you don't enter. Because the letter affects your deen. The letter affects your deen, which means it affects your akhirah. A person could fall into kufr and they don't even realize. A person could fall into kufr and uh, be eternally into the hellfire if they die upon that. Whereas if a person entered you know, a place they weren't meant to enter you know, because of radiation or a drop site, if there's any harm, it's physical. And the physical is limited to the this universe, this world, this life, cancer, like a broken leg, whatever it may be. But then inshallah, in the hereafter, they're fine. Don't play with your deen. How do you become a conscious believer? By again, going back to what does Allah want from me? Not what do I want? Not what do I think? What do I say? What do I believe? What does Allah want from me? And if you do that, inshallah, Azza wa Jal, again, you're going to live a much better Islamic life. So, Yeni, for that one, I know we started off with TikTok because that's where a lot of these stupid doubts <coughs> are coming from, from these random people that people are taking off. Don't give them your in the first place. You want to learn the deen, Habib al-Qalb? Go to the people that Allah told you to do. That's why being conscious Muslim, who are the people of knowledge uh, themselves. So go and do that, and inshallah, Azza wa you're going to be fine. The third one, and this is the last one that I, I had for this, is if you are having any issue religiously, again, and it was mentioned obviously in the second point, but go to the people of knowledge. Uh, I recently got a message about a sister who 
was going through, you know, certain issues with her iman and had certain doubts. And, you know, she went to someone, apparently he told her, just pretty much shut her down. You know, not, this is how it is. And, you know, be quiet or something like that. And I, I looked at the message that the sister sent and I said, Wallahi, all of those points are so easily replied back to from any which way you look at it, whether it's a religious way, which is the asal, or even logically, because she was trying to say that logically this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense. And, you know, there's gaps in the religion or whatever it is. And Wallahi, every single one of her points was so easily refuted. Like when I say so easily refuted, I mean, it was literally, in, as we say, I mean, from the ABCs of knowledge. But what's their problem? All of these people, they either go to people who are ignorant, you know, they're ignorant themselves, they either go to other ignorant people, like for example, and when I say ignorant, I don't mean that in a disrespectful way. I mean, they don't have knowledge of the religion. Okay? Uh, let's say, you know, she's a, a 20-year-old girl, um, you know, she, she hasn't had much Islamic uh, knowledge as in their upbringing. Um, she she doesn't know much. She heard some things. She had some misconceptions. She goes to her mother, who's 40 years old, and she's also never studied a day in her life. Okay? Here, you're 100% right in saying that there's a good chance she's not going to be able to answer any of your questions. Okay? She's going to say, okay, that's just how we were raised or whatever it may be. And that's obviously not going to soothe your heart. Then you go someone. Who do you go to? With all due respect, and I say that even with a grain of salt, don't go to the people of innovation. Don't go to people of innovations. They have problems themselves. And I know that this part, and this is where I'm not like, uh, I'm not too harsh on people because a lot of time they don't know. Like, okay, he's a sheikh, so I went to him. I understand that. Or, you know, my father said he's the sheikh, so I went to him. I understand that. But if these people commit innovations, these people have issues with their own deen, understanding their own deen. Because they have to go left and right to justify their own actions. You know, Allah said this, but they want to go this way. And they want to justify why justify why it's right. So they have their own issues. Go to a person who's from Al-Sunnah Al-Jama'ah. A person who follows the companions of the Prophet A person who understands what Allah said and the Prophet said the right way. And so we can make it clear and blunt. Why? Because these are the people who are following what Allah wants. So they can tell you and answer your question, inshallah, based on what Allah wants. As for other people, they cannot justify their own actions, let alone answer your questions that you have about the deen in general. Generally speaking. Generally speaking. So... Go to the right people. You know, don't try and understand why this bid'ah, which doesn't make sense, I should accept it. And if you don't accept that bid'ah, then you think you fall into kufr. So you get to a person of bid'ah, a person of innovation, in order to understand why they do that bid'ah, which you don't agree with. Because when they give you the answer, it's going to be that confusing. They're going to be like, no, that doesn't make sense anyway. So I'm going to leave Islam. You left Islam because of a thing that's not part of Islam. That's why I always say, the vast majority of people, when I'm talking about vast, I mean 99.9 repeater of people that leave Islam, they do not know what Islam is. They didn't leave Islam because of Islam. They left because of whims and desires. Or they understood something from Islam which is not part of Islam. They misunderstood. And not misunderstood, Wallah, we're changing the religion. No, they changed or they misunderstood. And the evidence is in the Quran. Or the evidence is in the Sunnah of the Prophet Or the evidence is in the explanation of the ulama. This is from the sad reality that many people are falling into. So even when you want to get help, 
be very clear. Like, don't expose yourself in the first place. Uh, if you were exposed or you do have doubts, go and speak to the people who have knowledge. And the people, not only the people from Anderson or Jamal. I'm not talking about the organization Anderson or Jamal, even though we do hope that we are following the way of the Prophet وسلم, as understood by the Prophet talking about the people of Anderson Jamal, the people are on the way of the Salaf. The men had the methodology, the Aqidah of the way of the Salaf. So this is extremely important of who you're going to speak to. Okay, so these were the three things that really um, got me wanting to speak about this topic. The, number one, you know, not in learning from your mistakes. Number two, not exposing yourself to things that the Sharia told you not to. And number three, uh, if for whatever reason there were any doubts, misconceptions, whatever it may be, for you to rectify it with the right people, inshallah. We thank you for being with us tonight, Sheikh Nassim. What are you doing at Tikaf? We ask Allah to accept your acts of worship and forgive you and pardon you and all the brothers and sisters, uh, wherever they may be. Inshallah, Sheikh Nassim will be with us after Ramadan, at least monthly, in a monthly podcast or program, ta'ala. So stay tuned for that. Once again, we thank you. And until next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa This program was presented by Albayan Radio. The voice of Ahlus Sunnah wal Jama'ah.